All right, all right. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello, my kit friend. Whoa, um, that's a little personal. <laughs> uh, have you ever considered that if you were like disassembled in order to put you back together, you would need a kit kit? Um, I hadn't considered that exact possibility, uh, but I'm very well aware of my name being uh, also what describes a collection of uh, tools or items for a specific purpose. Well, do you do you not like regularly consider what would happen if you were disassembled? Isn't that just like a normal thing? Not not for me. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm weird. I don't know. All right. Well, um, it's been a couple of weeks. One week? Has it been one week or a couple of weeks since we last recorded? Uh, it's been a it's couple been, of weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's been exactly two hours and 47 minutes since we last posted an episode. Uh, I tried to. I tried to delay the posting because my new podcast like hasn't been distributed to all the places yet. Hopefully it will be by the time you hear this one. So, you know, go yeah. check it out. It's it's the cult of the clock tower. I described it last episode. Go listen to that if you want to hear more. Yeah, you should listen to it. It's really good because I clearly <laughs> had time to listen to it in the past two hours and 47 minutes. Yes, yes, that's, <laughs> that's correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's a different podcast, but you know what podcast this is? uh hello internet this is hello internet and you can find us on the show of wait no hold on you can find <laughs> the show on reddit at uh reddit.com slash r slash hello internet dot fm um was that an email or a website dot com today <laughs> is friday september 6th and did i already say that nope Cool. It still is Friday, September 6th. I mean, they could have inferred uh, that given the two weeks thing, but, you know. That's true, but yeah. we're not making our listeners do math here. Come on. Today's math problem of the day is, uh, <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> also, buy our stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, buy our stuff if you want to. Like, yeah. I, I should make clear, we're not really making much of anything off of this. Mostly, I wanted a t-shirt of my podcast. And I figured if I wanted one, other maybe two other people wanted one. So Yeah. And we were it was just like kind of the vague hope that maybe someone would get a shirt and then that would help other people learn about the show. You know, mm-hmm. that could help too. Another yep. way of helping us spread the word about the show is just to go like talk tell people about it, you know? That's right. You should talk to all of your non cubing friends about the show. They'd love it yeah, especially. They'll love it. They yeah. can hear us talk about Oreos and uh <laughs> Tillamook and Oh, man, Tillamook, that's such a throwback, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we want to try to get a sponsorship again? I mean, <laughs> they said no the last time I asked, so... But it's been about a year, right? That's true. Things Maybe can I should change. try again. You know, they said, like... they, they said they have sponsorship cycles, yo. Like, I mean, we got to try again. Maybe we can get in this new one. That's a good point. We do have, like, 200 more listeners than last year, so... Yeah! Uh, that's something. <laughs> Growth, man. We're on it up and up. <laughs> um well hey do you have anything to do in the check-in section that we've brought back since last week you know i don't think i do um given that uh it's been this is like i think the first time we've had a two-week recording turnaround in a long time yeah we have like surprisingly little new stuff to talk about so we're gonna be hitting some older topics possibly today Ooh, spoopy um all right so no check-in that means we can deprecate that that section again Yes. Um, interestingly, no follow-up this week either. There's been no new world records. Haven't thought of anything new to talk about. So <laughs> let's just put follow-up on on the, the the list of things we don't do and cool. start with topics. Oh, man. This this feels weird. I feel like you got to, like, get to know someone first before you, you know, just go straight into topics. Well, I mean, I can invent some follow-up if you want. <laughs> I mean, every every good podcast has got to have a little bit of follow-up, you know, to all get right, yourself right. warmed up. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, hey, Kit, you know mm-hmm. that thing we talked about last episode? Which one? Uh, the thing. You know. Okay. I have the... some exciting new news about it. Oh, okay, cool. It's not true anymore. Really? All right, that's follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I, I feel in the mood for topics now. <laughs> Cool. So we actually do have a couple of new things to talk about, just not too much. The, the first of all, I went to a competition like the day after we recorded the last episode. That was San Diego Summer 2019. Wait, that was 
But that was last weekend, right? Was it last weekend? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess it was like a week in a I have no concept of time. It was like a week in a day after the, we last recorded. Going back um, to school can do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at that competition, guess what I forgot to bring? Um, your clothes. Uh, close. <laughs> um, it was my skin. Oh, um, crap. That's really I bad. was just like a pile of organs on the ground and bones <laughs> and stuff. No, I forgot to bring all of my puzzles. Um, so, mm. well, thank, thank, thankfully, it could have been worse because the regulations do say you need to bring clothes, but they don't say really that you need to bring cubes. <laughs> That's a good point. Although I suppose, I, like, I borrowed other people's puzzles for everything I did. I suppose I could have also <laughs> borrowed everyone else's <laughs> clothes when I needed them. Like, what, I'm not allowed the- to enter the <laughs> venue, right, unless I'm fully clothed. So I That's, could just like correct. wait outside and then as people walk out be like hey can i borrow your shirt and then someone else walks out and it's like hey can i borrow your pants um (laughs) this seems like a good strategy or just don't forget your clothes i think that one's easy enough i don't know Uh, easier said than done to be honest um but yeah so i forgot all my cubes that was an interesting experience um (laughs) i feel like it didn't affect me very much though because i'm very bad at cubing in general so like making it slightly worse by not having good cubes that i'm used to didn't really change too much now is it that you're bad at cubing like your skill is low or is that you're bad at setting up cubes yes yes it is (laughs) okay Um, inclusive or (laughs) Um, got it yeah i haven't practiced much cubing to be honest in quite a while like i've still been keeping up on stuff that's happening in the community i just haven't done any practicing or anything i've been to a few comps but like, mm-hmm. outside of comps. I haven't been practicing much lately. Just haven't had the time. And, you know, you know how it goes sometimes. Oh, I, I feel you. No worries. Um, yeah, so I wasn't really expecting to do well at that competition anyway. It was more of a social thing, so totally. I didn't feel bad about forgetting all my puzzles. Yeah. Just more of an annoyance, really. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Just, like, having to scramble to find someone whose cube you can borrow at all times. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing at that competition was we had scorecards with, like, scramble signature spaces, which I haven't seen before. They aren't technically required yet, but they are in, like, 2020 or something, right? Yeah, they're highly suggested, and um, so I can, I can tell you the, the, the story behind that one. Um, sure. Basically, uh, they were—so cube comps, you probably haven't even noticed, but cube comps used to be hosted on Luis's servers, the guy who wrote cube comps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Luis is very— not uh active at least uh on the wca side for cubing anymore okay in he's he's quit everything wca related and he's just cubes i think like goes to competitions occasionally these days Mm -hmm. yeah it was just it was always irritating whenever there were bugs with the website because in order to fix them we'd have to get luis to do them right yeah so one of the big projects the software team this year was migrated cube comps onto the wca website okay um and not well not our website really but they migrated it to the same it's on the same server as the wca website okay that's that seems like the right place for it yeah right (laughs) it's it's a bit weird now because like you know cubecoms is originally designed to be a separate thing and it's now Mm. a separate thing on the same thing Uh, we really need wca live but anyways i digress (laughs) um the um the point being though that uh when they migrated it over they had to do a lot of work on CubeComps itself to make it work on a different server. Mm-hmm. Just, like, little maintenance things to set it up. And um, when they were doing that, they were deciding, like, what to do about a lot of the features on it. And, of course, CubeComps has scorecard generation. Uh, the WRC chimed in and was like, Your, the scorecards here, if, like, you know, if this is going to be, like, a we're moving it and we're not going to do anything else with it, then... We, th- we think we should just remove scorecard generation from it since there won't be scramble signatures. Okay. But instead they decided to add the scramble signatures? Well, they got a lot of complaints from people who were very upset about not having CubeComp scorecard generation. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, basically, they were saying everyone should rely on Groupifier. What's that? Do you not know about Groupifier? No. Oh, it's a tool that automatically does groups. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, no, I didn't know about that. Do you just put like a CSV file in it or something and then Not it... even. You just log in with your WCA account and it recognizes which comps you're an organizer or delegate Whoa, for. Whoa, that's really useful. 
Yeah, except I don't like any of the uh, any of the options for how it generates groups. I think oh. they're all bad. <laughs> so I still okay. do them myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this could almost be its its own topic. Maybe we'll get back to it. But yeah. um <laughs> anyways, I'm losing the story here, but I'm it's I basically got there already. Basically, the TLDR is they moved cube comps some people said we need to remove the scorecard feature because there's no scramble signatures other delegates were like wtf no because <laughs> like basically a lot of people won't use groupifier for its groups but it automatically sorts scorecard by the groups like the scorecards by the groups it generates mm-hmm. and that's a gigantic pain then to have to like regroup all of the scorecards when they're not in any order yeah yeah at all so yeah, a lot of people were very upset uh, by that decision. They complained and were like, fine, we'll do the minimal work it takes to put a new scramble signature mm-hmm. box in there. Which, I mean, I, I'm maybe maybe I'm being a little whiny. The software team does a lot of great work. I don't mean to, like, <laughs> rag on them. But <laughs> it was definitely a positive decision to put that in there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's about what you can expect from software developers to be honest uh yeah (laughs) what's the minimum we can do to for people to be happy with this i know we'll remove the feature yeah perfect (laughs) um r.i.p google inbox (laughs) yes (laughs) i was i was gonna say that's pretty much been like apple's like go-to for everything recently um (laughs) but yeah let's just remove it yeah, it's kind of tech. The tech industry across the board is like, let's remove all the features everyone likes. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyways, back to scorecards with scramble signatures at yeah, San Diego so, Summer. Um, so we weren't require the the we weren't required to sign on the scrambles. They were just there. So some some people were signing on them, and I I liked signing all the scrambles I did because it felt like I was like, I was like putting my mark on them. Like this is like an artisanal scramble that I have painstakingly created and like put out into the world and i must sign it so that everyone knows uh it was my work it's kind of like a dog peeing on things to claim its territory yeah pretty much that's what scramble signatures are okay um weird flex but okay (laughs) it just i don't know it just like made scrambling feel like an art form It's like you cooked something and you're like, I got to put my name on it. Yeah. Oh, man, I should start doing that. <laughs> I got to figure things? out like how to write my name in chicken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just bring a pen out. Write right on it, right? That's safe. Ooh, I could use like uh, like like one of those like gel frosting things. <laughs> or you could get like a pen with food coloring as ink. Okay, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if that would actually work, like, if you just filled an ink, like, pen cartridge thing with food coloring. I wonder if you could actually write with it. Like, if you actually tried to write on food with a food coloring pen? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel like something like that's got to exist, like, for, you know, like, people who are doing very intricate, like, bakes or things like that. that Yeah, I mean, I guess the question then is, like, what surface can you write on with a pen without, like, like, it feels like if you were, like, try to write on a cake or something, you would just mush it up. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) This is not my area of expertise. (laughs) You should, you should watch the uh, Layer by Layer baking podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Listen to the, the, you know, because clearly Layer by Layer is not just a cubing podcast. There's got to be, like, a cake-baking podcast called Layer by Layer. That's a good point, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other interesting thing at that competition was that um, Max Park didn't set any world records, but he came r- really close to a couple. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he got a sub-six, uh, sub five-by-five, nope. Uh, <laughs> he got a sub-six, three-by-three um, average, and he got a, like, 36-point-something, five-by-five single. Those were both very exciting to watch, and I did see both of them. Yeah, he was also, uh, I think his 3x3 three three average was .01 off his PB, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool, uh, mm-hmm. his PR, actually. Um, Excuse me. But yeah, so that was a pretty fun competition overall, mm-hmm. going in with no cubes, um, <laughs> becoming an, an artist, and then <laughs> seeing Max almost do some cool things. Um, so here, my, my question about scramble signatures, do you feel like there are, few, okay, first was everybody doing it or is it just still optional? So some people it, were some, 
some people, some people were and some people weren't. Most people weren't, actually. Were, were people being forced to do it, or is it people were just asked to do it, or people just did it because they liked it? People just did it because they liked it. Like, it, it was... Mm. No one ever told anybody to use mm. them or to, to not use them. It was just okay. like, pe- some people saw them on the sheet, and then they were like, hey, I can write my name here. <laughs> okay, because I'm... I'm a little worried about, honestly, the scramble signature future in 2020. Why is that? So, okay, first, I haven't seen any real decrease in scramble duplicates hmm. by using... Because we've been enforcing them here, even though they're still optional. Okay. Um, uh, For reasons I'll get to in a second. But um, the thing that i've noticed is that basically we can figure out who miss scrambled a lot easier but i haven't found that people are that much more accountable because they have to sign so you think that they just like do the scramble wrong and then or they they do the wrong scramble like they'll do oh. two twice in a row sometimes yeah i guess scramble signatures wouldn't really help with that problem all that much because like if you're in the mindset set of this is scramble two you're gonna check scramble two and be like this is correct i can sign Right. What, one thing that I found, actually, and a lot of people probably will take issue to me saying this, um, So, but um, I often sign before scrambling. Hmm. Was that a bell? Yes, but it was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, why is your bell like half a mile away? <laughs> I just kind of barely, like, I adjusted my headphone cord and it like barely <laughs> tapped it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm amazed I haven't rung that thing. Maybe I haven't. You just haven't been paying attention. That's um, a good point. I have not been thinking about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> what I've noticed is that um, people are definitely like easier to find when they screw up. Mm-hmm. And there, I've, there's been, definitely been a couple cases where I've just like kicked some little kids out that like claim they can scramble, and then we find mm-hmm. out they clearly can't. But I mean, even so, like you can't really detect miss scrambles, like just like a one move or two move off sort of thing. Yeah, it's like who's gonna know? Yeah, it's very easy to detect duplicates and trace those to the person. I will say it's it. Uh, it the one thing that it does do very well is it prevents the case where you have like a little kid scrambling and they know they're scrambling for a fast person, so they set up a super easy solve for them or something. And which... that, that happened to Max. I believe it's happened to him before. I don't know. We weren't really able to figure out exactly what happened, but he got a very yeah, yeah. He got the like one-handed scramble. scramble. Um, was it? Yeah, there was that. I feel like it's happened to him in other things too. Oh really? So yeah. So we always try to be very careful about who we let scramble. Um, right. Oh yeah. It is and-, and having and having scramble signatures would prevent that sort of thing entirely. I think because no one would want to be able to do it because it would be traceable back to them. Yeah, I found that people are, at least in my experiences, have not been any more accountable because of them. For but that's just for like mistakes, right? Not like intentional things. True. Or have true. you seen anything intentional? Where I, I I that's never been an issue for us. Okay. Yeah. So I I just. But we don't have Max Park, so. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it helps with the intentional things, um, which are those are pretty rare anyway, and they can basically be prevented if you just choose good scramblers. Not necessarily so much with the unintentional stuff. Um, but anyways, my, my other thing, too, is that um, I, if I were running your competition, I would be enforcing scrambling signatures for every attempt. Oh, I agree. I um, I, I, I tried to get that to happen <laughs> a little bit. I didn't try very hard because I wasn't I wasn't even like I wasn't on the organization team or anything. I was just like, this isn't my comp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, like, I, just for me, the main thing is that like, I'm very afraid of the future of, of scramble signatures when they are required. And that's why I'm, like, really trying to make it required now so that mm-hmm. people are used to the habit of doing it. Uh, because even now, we still have a lot of people that forget to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Even when I'm forcing it, like, people, like, will sit down and start scrambling, like, for the first time that day. And even though, like, we remind people to do scramble signatures, they just are in their, you know, their uh mental operation of scrambling does not include signing the scorecard yet hmm. it's just like how, how long have you been doing it uh ever since the beginning of the year we've been pretty hmm. much enforcing it and it's just not a lot of people um their mental uh image of how scrambling works and like their habits for scrambling just haven't included signatures yet Really? I would have expected it to catch on more by now if you've been doing it all year it's really difficult 
It's, I mean, it's mostly good, but it gets forgotten. Just, mostly at the beginning of rounds when people are like, oh, crap, signatures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, the thing about them being required is now, like, and say this happens in 2020, like someone scrambles cubes, a cube, it goes out. And, like, say they have a couple scramblers but are both scrambling cubes. They both forget to do signatures, and they all go out. And they do the solves. What happens? Is there anything defined for what's going to happen to this? No, there's nothing. Hmm. And I'm afraid of what might happen, say, or like after the comp, like, you know, we find missing judge and competitor signatures. If we find a missing scrambler signature, do we DNF it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, I have been very much not like I personally don't think scramble signatures are very effective at what they're trying to do. I think what would be effective would be to require a scramble checker. Yes. Um, I, this actually happened unintentionally at, um, Nats. Um, I was scrambling with someone who was the, doing feet. He was in the room scrambling feet and he's like, look, I'll check the scrambles. I'm the only person in here. You know, it's me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, it's 2019. Fine. <laughs> I went over and started helping cause he was falling a little bit behind. And I was like, well, since, uh, since, uh, we're assuming that you che- are the one signing on all of these, you're going to need to check them. And what I noticed is that because I scrambled it, he was checking it much more thoroughly than he checked his own scrambles. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's just, you believe your own work is correct. Like, if you felt like you did the right sequence, you have an internal bias to believe you did it correctly. Yeah. Uh, um, at Nats 2018, did I go to that? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did. That was the one where we did our live episode. Um, yes. At that Nats, in the last round of Pyraminx, mm-hmm. I basically took on the position as a full-time scramble checker because we were just overstaffed, so I was like, might as well. Especially because Lucas Guerin was there, and he's been the one who's been, like, especially pushing to, like, eliminate missed scrambles and stuff. Yeah, and I think um, we made you guys stop doing that because we didn't, like... <laughs> in general, we stopped making you do it because I think it was, like, pulling... It was ending up, like, pulling someone off of a different position to be scramble checker, and we just didn't account for that in our staff schedule. Yeah. Well, so the, the only time I did it was for Pyramid's final, and we mm. had plenty of staff at that point. Okay, yeah, so final did, so round was fine, yeah. Yeah, so I was able to do it the whole time during that. Yeah. Um, and I definitely was, like, checking every scramble super thoroughly. And having that one, having that one extra person doesn't really add any extra time to the competition. It adds, like, a tiny bit of a buffer delay at the start. Right, but I think, though, if you don't have to check scrambles, you can just go faster as a scrambler. Right, that's also true. Like, don't bother checking it. Just let the checker check it. Yeah, so I think I, I think that the if we really care about eliminating missed scrambles, I think we need to have a ch- like define a scramble checker role. Mm-hmm, I agree. As someone who did not apply the scramble sequence, but is checking to make sure it's correct. Yeah. Um, just because I think that actually is for- will force people to check that the scrambles are correct. I'm still just unsure what will happen in the event of a missing scramble signature, which is why, like, I think since, like, February or so, we've been heavily enforcing the use of them. I don't know. We'll see what, uh, we'll see what the 2020 regulations look like. (laughs) I hope it's not a DNF penalty for that. I mean, here's the thing. If it is, I am not starting an attempt until I have a scramble signature. Right. Yeah, me too. I will be looking at the scorecard every time before I start to make sure there's a scramble signature. And I'll probably start including that in like the competitor tutorial like make sure that not only that you sign that the judge signs but before the attempt make sure there is a scramble signature right yeah like that's if if that does become a penalty like that will become like part of my routine as a solver Mm -hmm. is to check for a scramble signature um it's not currently but i should probably start doing that sooner rather than later yeah you got to be in the um in the habit of that anyway even if your scramblers aren't Right, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, because currently, because it's 2019, whenever, like, I haven't been checking, but if when I sign for my attempt and there isn't a scramble signature there, I do little passive-aggressive question marks in the box (laughs) to see, like, if they get a chuckle or at least they get the point of, like, oh, maybe I should sign for things. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, it's 2019, they don't matter yet. Mm-hmm. Um, or not, or the, there's no consequences yet. So I've, I feel like it's okay to do that, but yeah, well, when they become legal, I'll definitely stop doing that <laughs> and hopefully discover that before the attempt finishes. Hmm. This question mark, question mark judge has, has, or scrambler has scrambled all of Kit's attempts. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder who it could be. 
So we're recording this on a Friday, and tomorrow is a really interesting competition that we're both going to. But I won't be seeing you at all. Nope, not at all. <laughs> um, tomorrow is uh, FMC North America West, Yep. which is a competition for fewest moves taking place on the west coast of North America. Um, basically everywhere that's in the same time zone that we could reasonably organize a competition for because we wanted to have three rounds of fewest moves in a single day yep which is kind of crazy uh never been done before <laughs> it's it's ridiculously crazy let's, let's yeah. be honest i mean you, you might have heard that i attempted to do this at a competition i organized in the past but we didn't get enough competitors for three rounds which is why we're doing this as a multi-location competition now to yep. ensure that we have enough competitors among all the locations to actually have three rounds. Right. And none of the locations would have been eligible for three rounds. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Vancouver came close. And that doesn't necessarily mean that none of the locations would have gotten there, um, like if they had been the only location, because people might have traveled further and stuff. But still, it definitely helps to have many locations. Although the four locations we have are pretty far apart. Like, I think Portland and Vancouver are the two closest ones, and that's like a six-hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can make an argument that maybe Seattle right in between us, like if there were <laughs> any Seattle people picking one location or the other that they might have shifted, but um, I don't think Portland had any Seattle people hmm, signed okay. up. So I think that's a moot point. But yeah, this is going to be a really interesting competition. I'm very excited for it. Um, yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, I haven't practiced much for it, so I don't expect to like win or anything. But still, it's I'm just gonna try to make it to that third round and not get eliminated early. Yep, um, that's that's the the big thing is yeah. I mean, we're taking max seventy five percent each round just because there's no like logistical hurdles to having more people in FMC rounds. Yeah. Uh, but that does mean that people are getting eliminated. Yeah, a quarter of people every time get eliminated. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about making the final round. <laughs> uh, not because I don't think I can. It's more that like I'm afraid of bombing, you know, one of six attempts before then. Yeah, if any of those one is a DNF, then there's a decent chance you won't make it. Of course, especially in the first round, you might be able to make it in with just a good single solve, like if 25% yeah. of people DNF. And generally, from what I've seen in most FMC competitions, you generally will have a quarter of people DNF something. I don't know, though. Now that I say it, it sounds like a lot. Like, when it's a small number of competitors, like if you have eight competitors or something, 25% is just like, oh, yeah, two people might DNF. Um, well, But it, I feel like with a larger number, I don't know if you can necessarily expect that trend to scale up that well. So here's like, the thing, though. Like, to be 25% of a larger number. Even though this is a small FMC, or like a de FMC dedicated competition where you expect people who are good at it to go, mm -hmm. there are five people who have never done FMC before here. Okay. <laughs> and there are seven people who have singles but no no me. Okay. And another uh, ten that have means above 35. So you'd expect that some of those people are going to DNF stuff? <laughs> I, yeah, like, there's how, no how many, way. How many competitors total do we actually have? I don't remember. 37, I believe. So we would need, if you wanted to get in on single alone, you'd need eight other people to DNF? 37 you would need so you need to eliminate at least 25 percent. so yes that would be i think 10 so that's eliminating 10 people so if you dnf you need 10 others to dnf correct i don't know that just doesn't sound that likely to me i i think it's super likely i mean because dnfing remember is just messing up once in three attempts hmm. and 10 people i think are very likely to do that all right we'll see um <laughs> bad prediction of the week uh <laughs> no we haven't gotten there yet that's yeah. gonna be a fun segment um, though um <laughs> but so what what's your strategy then for um like how are you going to approach the solves at this competition because with the three rounds of fmc i feel like you have to take a different approach to any other kind of fmc comp i mean i think that in an ideal world if you're good enough you don't need to take any different approach yeah, but no one's that good. Come on. <laughs> so I think that my general approach will be something along the lines of um, in round one, I'm banking on the fact that even if I DNF, I think a good single will put me to the second round. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it'll put me to the third round, though. I think I need a mean if I make it to round two to make it to round three. So are you just going to like go 
go all out in rounds one round one yeah i think basically round one um unless i am work so if i don't have a solution at 10 minutes unless i'm working on a skeleton that i am very confident i can finish mm-hmm. um i'm gonna i will write down a solution with 10 minutes left that's just okay. like a good cfop solution or something <laughs> um or a bad one i don't know like it really doesn't even need to be that good because even if i get like a 40 something a mean is surely gonna make it into the next round if i have a good single or two in there However, I think round two, if I don't have anything with, like, 30 to 40 minutes left, like, if I have no skeletons at that point that I can work with and know that I will get a solution if I start those skeletons, um, I think I will, probably in that, like, 30 to 40 minutes left range, will start writing down a quick CFOP solution, like, on a separate sheet of paper. Okay. Check it real quick to make sure it works, and then go back to work. Just because I, I know it's risky waiting to the last minute to do a safety attempt, but I think I can afford the risk in the first round. That's a good point. I think my strategy is going to be pretty similar, except I think I'm going to approach the first two rounds the same way. So kind of like my first round or like my second round? Oh, Somewhere in between. Okay. Um, I, my plan is that at 20 minutes, if I don't have anything yet, um, I'm 20 either minutes going... Left or, or... 20 minutes remaining. Oh, remaining, um, okay. I'm going to just find a solution somehow, whether okay. that's quickly inserting on a, like a bad 3C skeleton I found. Also throughout um, the first two rounds, anytime I find a 3C skeleton, I'm going to write it down, even if it's like above the oh. normal threshold I would usually consider. That's true, yeah, because that's just an easy solution. Yeah, so like if I find like a 27 to 3C, normally I wouldn't even write that down. But in rounds one and two, you should write that down. Yeah, so yeah. my... My goal is that by 20 minutes, most likely I'll have find, found something like that, and I can just quickly insert it. Yep. If I don't have anything like that, though, then I'm going to just quickly write down a CFOP skeleton from, or CFOP solution from there, and or probably ZZ, to be honest, because ZZ tends to be slightly more efficient. Right, right. ZZ solution from there, and then, then finish the attempt, you know, um, yeah. the normal way. But yeah, so 20 minutes is about my threshold, and also okay. doing some prep work before that by writing down worse skeletons so the thing is though i don't know if i can trust myself to actually follow through with this plan of you know (laughs) being safe at 20 minutes because i've made plans like this before and yet somehow i always seem to be scrambling to find a solution with five minutes left well it's Um, like you don't want to use your backup plan like it's like a a a blow to your pride to do it you know yeah (laughs) like uh, and I find the same thing too, where I'm like, you know, working down a solution path and I'm like, there's gotta be a good skeleton here. There's just gotta be. Yeah. And just sometimes that, that, that I feel like is like the most common problem with me for FMC that ends up wasting a ton of time. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, this start is so good. I'm sure there's something like, even if the next part is bad, it still is going to be pretty good. <laughs> like, but that's just wrong. A lot of the time, I think. Yep. Totally agree. So I don't know. It's tough. Uh, to, it's tough to make yourself do the plan, um, which is why I've shifted my backup or my safety solve plan for round two early in the attempt because mm-hmm. I can justify it like this is not what you're going to necessarily turn in. It's just there in case. Mm-hmm. Like go back and sometimes like there's a point you get to an attempt where you feel burnt out, like you've reached all the dead ends, mm-hmm. and I think that in my mind like i know when that happens i'm gonna try to do the backup solution in round two at that point that that's a good idea i feel like like my style of fmc i feel like i reach for so many stretches like yeah things that don't really have a high chance to work out but i try them anyway Mm -hmm. but i feel like i never really hit that point a lot of the time um yeah so like i'll have a good start and then I'll try a whole bunch of stuff, and then I'll be like, okay, that's no good. Let's go to this other start. I'll try a whole bunch of stuff, and then I'll be like, this isn't good. Let's go back to that first one and try some other things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that at the point where you're like, I need to go, like, I think the point where you say, I need to go back and look at the first start is when you need to, like, actually step back and realize, like, what else can I be looking for? Yeah, that's a good point. Because I often, like, I mean, it does happen where I look back at a start like a second time and i do find something good but i'd say Mm -hmm. that like 80 percent of the time i've already explored the obvious stuff on that start right yeah and you only find something good if it's like a something you would have never like expected to work out like i found i remember i've done solves where i've like had an eo start Mm -hmm. and then i can't find anything and so i go back to it later 
And then I'm like, what if I just do this EO start and then break EO later and then see how that works out? And then <laughs> I've, I've found success with that a couple of times, but it's not, mm-hmm. it's not common enough at all for it to be actually worth doing, probably. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I've definitely had success with that, too. Or, like, partial EO stuff. Like, mm-hmm. leave two bad edges and just worry about them later. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's worked out sometimes for me if it, like, ends up being, like, a one or two move, like, almost EO. <laughs> Um, especially on scrambles where the EO options are just really bad. I think that for me, um, I'm going to definitely force myself in round one if I just literally have nothing with 10 minutes left to just write down a quick CFOP based on whatever my best start is and finish it. My other, my problem with that sometimes though is that like I write, I tend to write down algs wrong. So I almost feel like I'd be safer just like doing kind of a CFOP thing, but just trying to get to 3C instead of trying to do a normal CFOP solve fair yeah i feel like i could actually do that faster than writing down like a pll (laughs) yeah that's true and actually that like doing like spamming like getting to f2l and then just spamming ols until like the edges and a corner solve is actually not a terrible idea yeah i feel like that might be it might even it might give a better result but at least it'll be i feel like i'd be more consistent at that because i've had i have definitely had official attempts that i've dnf because i couldn't figure out how to write down a g perm that's unfortunate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that happened at uh, Nats twenty seventeen. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't. That was the one Nats I haven't gone to in recent times. Oh yeah, okay. Writing down algs is hard because it's just like my fingers are supposed to remember this, not my brain. Yeah, um. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at slowing down algs. <laughs> Me too, but only for short algs. Yeah, I can. I can do a G perm pretty slowly. Let me see. Which which G perm was it? Uh, if you remember. I don't know what they're called, but it's the one where you have like headlights on the right, or sorry, headlights on the left, and then yeah. um, on the right side of the cube, you have a two by one in the front. In the front? Yeah. Oh, that's the easiest one to execute slowly. Or it might have been in the back. I don't know, but one of those mm-hmm. two. There's like a bar on the right side. Yeah, I would have no problem writing that down. Well, what which version of the alg do you use? Do you use like the UD one? No. Oh, okay. I use the I one use with wide that ones. And I feel like that's harder to write down. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe so. I think the wide, I pretty much use all like wide move ones for G perms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are fairly easy to write down because you're kind of just tracking how the blocks are being made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen the UD ones and yeah, I can see it being easier to get lost in those. Yeah, I, I always get lost towards the end of them and I like, I'm like, okay, I know I have to like somehow get this F2L pair inserted back into the slot. But it's like, whatever I do, I always just end up with an OLL or something. Yeah, like if you learn the the new V perm, everyone's raving about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's it, it's it's kind of like one of those algs, the mm-hmm. G perm you use. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I've I've just I've just learned the V perm for that, and that one took me forever to like get used to. I, like the, it was the actually the domino part at the end that was hardest for me. <laughs> like um, if it was a V perm. I would often do that new V perm and end up with double J. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, basically, like, I would, because it's like a R2D, R2U stuff sort of thing. Yeah, and then there's, there's kind of is, nothing to distinguish that yeah. other than, like, the direction of the moves, which you just right. have to remember. Well, and I think that that is, it's similar to doing, it's similar to doing, like, a, uh, a double j on square one like the mm-hmm. moves are similar which is why i think it ends up like that because i end mm-hmm. up rather than finishing the alg i do a j- double j alg that cancels <laughs> into the finish yeah uh which is weird so you've been doing this like prediction game thing right where you're trying to make bad predictions that's um, a thing yeah yeah i've been kind of like i've been wondering like what is your goal here exactly because <laughs> <laughs> if your goal is to get things right then you wouldn't be making bad predictions. But if your goal is to get things wrong, then you wouldn't be making like these decent predictions. So are you just trying to like get a 50% success rate or something? No, it's... I think what I'm trying to do is make an entertaining segment. Right. Like, I don't think there's a probability I have in mind that, or like a percentage of correct guesses I have in mind. Mm-hmm. But I want to... F- if I were to like assign a number to it, I think that like the goal i'm looking for is to find things that are roughly 10 percent or 15 percent chance to happen in my mind okay um like 
stuff that is like, yeah, that's that's not gonna happen. But I also like, it's not like <laughs> unbelievable. It's just very unlikely. Okay, I can I can understand that. Yeah, because I mean, it's very easy to make bad predictions. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> it is really easy to make predictions of things that will not happen. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if we're like judge your progress on this and like try to assign how well you're doing. <laughs> I don't know if you can really measure how well we're doing. I mean, part of the point of this segment was to make fun of me, right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> but I feel like if you're doing your job well mm-hmm. and giving us plenty of things to make fun of you for, then you should have you should be at like about a fifteen percent success rate or whatever. I don't know. I just want maybe to, yeah. I want to have a way to judge you. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I'm mentally targeting is, like, things that have roughly that percent chance to happen. Okay. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I think in the end I want to just create predictions that are interesting enough at least where, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, you say, oh, that's a that's a bold prediction, but I could see that happening, <laughs> like, in a really remote chance sort of thing. So, yeah. All right, I don't that know. makes sense. I, I think that if I am getting, I think it, like in the end, if I'm getting these right occasionally, then I'm doing a good enough job because it means that like they are, they like people are probably respecting these still as bad predictions, but they're also like not just terrible predictions that aren't interesting at all. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, I don't know, probably 10% is a good number to aim for, I'd imagine. All right, we'll keep that in mind in the future then. So right now with one out of three, you're doing a little bit too good. Well, (laughs) it's small sample size. All right, Andrew, I'm going to stop you. You're not doing anything. What? Yes, I am. I'm breathing. I'm talking into a microphone. Right, but Um, I am am doing both. Ringing a bell. (laughs) probably should have been wrong at some point during this episode but i'm not i'm not really sure um (laughs) so that whatever i just did was not bell worthy no or maybe i don't know probably during that last section at some point when we were talking about like you know like what your success rate should be that was probably a good point in there yeah i mean i think everyone's aware it has something to do with multiple numbers but there's more to it (laughs) i think some people in the subreddit figured it out so if you want to really have a spoiler you can go check out what they've said oh have they been right i well i haven't confirmed anyone directly so you might be able to at least look at those guesses and know that one of them is correct okay so is um, um, is this only gonna like resolve itself when i guess it correctly then i thought yeah, if, like yeah a viewer... no, no no you have to get it correct oh okay i didn't get that like i thought like if a viewer figured it out that we could be like hey this viewer figured it out oh, okay we can do that okay well Maybe I, maybe this time I should go through the comments to figure out what it is then. Because I just figured if the guesses were in there and they were um, not responded to, that they were wrong. Oh, okay. So, no, no one, I, of the, one of them I think has been Yeah. Wrong. I know it has something to do with two numbers in the sentence. Yeah. But uh-huh. I don't know what the additional... Con- I can't remember what all the additional conditions people have come up with. All right. Well, maybe, maybe next episode you can try to figure out what that yeah, is yeah, yeah. and I'll, oh. then I'll assign a new rule if you, Sounds good. you get it right. All right, all right, cool. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the end segments. All right, so back to you, the future. You do Martin Eggdolls, right? Martin Eggdolls of the day. I do many Martin Eggdolls every we, day. We just talked. To, we just talked about how I do bad predictions of the day. Oh, okay. I'm excited. Well, so, this week I have a Martin Eggdoll bad prediction of the day. Okay, I like it. But. It's not just, like, a bad prediction that I am making about Martin Eggdahl. Is these it are, from Martin Eggdahl? These are from Martin Eggdahl. Whoa. How did so, you get your hands on this? <laughs> so here's the story I heard. So Callum Goodyear, um, who is a, uh adopted Dane, he's originally <laughs> from the UK, but uh, he uh, is, yes. lives in Denmark, and he often will drive, you know, with Martin to competitions. Okay. And... You know, of course, they've been listening to the podcast, so hello, fellow Danes. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not a fellow Dane, but uh, hello, Danes. <laughs> I just really want to be one, clearly. Anyways, How do you do, fellow Danes? Yeah, <laughs> so um, here's the thing. Um, 
they've had a hard time finding things that Martin is actually bad at. <laughs> like a really hard time. <laughs> um, as we found, he's proficient in chess even. So yeah. one thing they have found that he is really bad at is predicting predicting the winner of UFC fights. Oh, okay. Wow. So Martin doesn't know this, but Callum got him to predict eight UFC fights. <laughs> And I'm going to tell everyone about all of these predictions. And uh, Callum's going to update me later uh, on, because I know nothing about UFC. Um, yeah, he's going <laughs> he's going to update me on how well Martin did on these. Okay. So for the, like, 5% tops of listeners that actually care about UFC, I maybe there's more. I don't know. I figure cubing and UFC don't have a huge overlap. But, <laughs> um, I mean, two of those are, like, moves you can do to a cube. That is true. Uh, but uh, just in case, you know, there are people who are interested in what Martin predicted in these UFC fights. And so they go on the record. Here are all of those predictions. We have, uh, and I'm going to pr- mispronounce a lot of these. Uh, so if you are a UFC fan, you can laugh at me. Um, Hermanson and Ken Onier are the fir- is the first match. And Martin predicted Hermanson. We have Dalby and Oliveira. Martin predicted Dalby. We've got... Nelson versus Alves, and Martin predicted Nelson. And here we go, Polish name. Um, Oleksychuk, Oleksychuk, something along those lines, against St. Prue. And, of course, Martin predicted the one that's going to make me need to say this again. He predicted <laughs> Oleksychuk. Uh, in the fifth match, we have Amadoyski versus Phillips, and he predicted Phillips. In the sixth match, Kutalaba versus Roundtree Jr. He picked a Kutalaba. Chiasin versus Landsberg. He predicted Landsberg. And Dechirko versus Sabota. He predicted predicted Sabota. All right. And I have this all in a spreadsheet. And uh, Martin's going to update me when all of these actually happen, which should be by the next episode. Okay. Uh, and we'll be able to, we'll be able to figure out if we actually have something that Martin is bad at. Okay. Now <laughs> I do want to have some input from you on this because okay we need to add some stuff to your predictions right (laughs) so why don't you try to predict what number of those he will get correct okay okay um you know i'm gonna go with three okay i'm gonna say he'll get three right so your bad prediction about Martin's bad prediction is that he will get three correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, maybe I'm giving him too much credit here, but they are 50-50 guesses, so <laughs> he's going to be bound to run into at least two, and I figure I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for a third. All right. <laughs> uh, I got I to make it at least a prediction that he is relatively bad at it, and, yeah. <laughs> not, and, and like not like it neutral or good. Is so. it going like, to turn out that he gets all eight right or something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that would be the, uh, the the bad timeline that we would be on then. <laughs> I, I would not. I, I hope we are not on that timeline currently. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been a very unexpected Martin Egdal of the prediction of the day. Um... <laughs> Martin Egdal's bad predictions of the day. <laughs> Wait, was I supposed to make a bad prediction on his bad prediction? Because I think I made a good prediction on his bad prediction. Ooh, that's a good point. But. You're like I, locked in now. Oh, crap. <laughs> Uh-oh. hope I don't get that. I mean, I hope I get that. I mean, I hope I don't get that right. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm thoroughly conflicted now about what to do. <laughs> to be honest, if he's really bad at it, then predicting three might be too high. So That's true. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. Although that's like getting below three, I feel like, is like just r- proactively bad. <laughs> Like, I don't know if Martin actually has any knowledge about UFC at all. Uh-huh. Like, I have zero. And right. given that they talk about this, like, someone in their group is interested in UFC stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be. So I'm very, um, I, 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 like, I would imagine he has to know something about this. <laughs> yes. But maybe he n- literally does know nothing, and they're just making him guess so they can laugh at him and actually have something to say he's bad at. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, though... If he doesn't know anything about it, he might have a better chance at getting, like, more of them right than if he knows enough about it to be bad at it. True. <laughs> like, if he's just guessing, then he has a 50-50 shot at each. But right. if he's actually, like, actively bad at it, 
<laughs> then and he like does know something but the stuff he knows leads him in the wrong direction then he, that could actually lead him to be worse at it than if he was just guessing yeah I, I i would have a hard time believing that any knowledge about ufc would make you worse at this <laughs> i don't know like i feel like any inside info is like on average bound to improve your well get, your it, could, it could be the case that like he likes some of those people even though they're actually bad yeah, maybe so. Maybe and that's maybe, influencing his guesses. Maybe he likes thin, scrawny people, and then guesses they're <laughs> gonna win. I don't know. <laughs> Although I think they have like weight classes in UFC, don't they? Yeah, yeah probably. I don't, probably that would make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. throwing two different sized people in the cage to fight to the not quite death doesn't <laughs> um, really seem like a good idea. All right. Well, I'm very interested to see how this one turns out. Um, <laughs> We have no updates on your previous predictions from the last episodes. They're all the same. Um, yeah, no. So no need to go into that. Yep, they're still pending. We'll see what happens. You know what? Well, why not? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> probably happened. It probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've given us enough data points at this point. I'll get it by next show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll have to come up with a new rule for next show. Yeah, you're. I'm guessing you're assuming I will be able to get this from the comments. Then I think there's a good chance you will be able to. Yeah. All right. Cool. Now. All right. Uh, talk to you next time. Uh, really? See you at. See you tomorrow at our competition see, that we're both going to. See me tomorrow. That's. <laughs> it it kind of sounds creepy, to be quite honest. Like I'm <laughs> now concerned that you've wired our venue with hidden cameras. I have. That's really disconcerting they're going to be live streaming to our venue so that we can copy all of the work you guys do all right well uh wdc you heard it here first (laughs) all right a one a two a skiddly diddly do Did did you clap? I did. All right. I must have been in time with it then (laughs) because I didn't hear it.